I know who I am in Christ. I know he has given so much to me, and he has assured me of many things. I am indwelt by his spirit. I have joy, and I am assured that I will not be condemned. Being in Christ also gives me purpose for living. 2 Corinthians 2, 14-15 identifies my purpose of being a sweet aroma to God. It says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. I have a strong sense of smell, and certain smells are just soothing to me and bring me a warmth and overall sense of well-being. For instance, I love walking into a house where candles have been burning or giving a friend a hug and smelling the sweet fragrance she's wearing. And there's nothing like the smells of chocolate chip cookies baking and cinnamon in the fall and pine at Christmas. Those are just great scents to me, very soothing. You know, when we think of the sense of smell, we usually think of it in the context of scents that we prefer and don't prefer. But this week, our verse tells us that God has a strong sense of smell too. And that part of our purpose is to be a sweet aroma of Christ to God in every place. I know there's so much about the Lord that we don't understand or fully comprehend, and we won't until we see Him face to face. And yet, there are things which His Word reveals that I find very interesting and and kind of hard to even wrap my mind around. God having a sense of smell is one of those things. How do we know that God has a sense of smell? All throughout the Old Testament, God reveals this fact. The first time after we see it is after Noah and his family come off of the ark and build an altar offering sacrifice to God. Genesis 8.21 says, And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Obviously, God has smells that he much prefers as well. So why was this offering from Noah a soothing aroma to God? I love the way that Audrey McCormick discusses this, and I thought I would share some of her thoughts with you. She writes, Such tragedy lives in the story of Noah. Not only tragedy for the destruction of the people, but more so a tragedy for God. So often the story is told in a way that depicts an angry God who is ready to punish the wicked earth for not following his laws of perfection. But I see it with a different slant. I see the broken heart of God and the devastation of his soul exploding into the earth. And I see that there was one man who loved God and knew how to hear his voice. Noah was a friend of God. He found favor in God's eyes. He walked with God and he knew God well enough to know that his heart was grieved and filled with sorrow as he looked at the sin epidemic that was strangling his creation. Genesis 6, 8 and 9 says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. I believe Noah carried the sorrow with God as he watched the darkness increase on the earth. He was the only one left that was seeking purity. And though he didn't fully understand the plan of God, he faithfully prepared for the cleansing of the earth by obediently building the ark. God was brokenhearted and grieved. He wasn't stirring in anger and planning punishment. His heart was wounded and afflicted by the way sin had consumed every single thought and intention of his people. In response, he decided to release a flood to wash away the filth that had drenched the soil of the earth. 
he let the waters go and commanded them to break out of the deepest places of the earth. I get a picture of God's heart stirring and raging with a storm of grief. From the deepest places of his heart, sorrow exploded, and with simultaneous devastation, the deep places of earth ripped open and waters broke out. Rain fell in unrelenting showers as God mourned the way sin had consumed the minds of his people like a deadly cancer. Genesis 7:11 says, All the fountains of the great deep burst open, and the floodgates of the sky were opened, and the rain fell upon the earth for forty days and forty nights. On the day that the waters broke out of the earth, Noah understood that he was witnessing the manifestation of God's heart as it ripped open. Free will had welcomed death as the children of God reached constantly toward the pleasures of darkness rather than the pleasures of his love. They had chosen to satisfy the evil thoughts that echoed repeatedly in their minds, and all hope for true love had vanished, save one man, Noah, hid inside of the ark and listened to the sound of rain falling for the very first time. He considered the way each droplet so closely resembled the tears that fell from his own eyes and realized that he was weeping with the Creator. Time passed, and hundreds of days went by before dry ground appeared. On the ark with Noah was his family and the last of the animals. God had commanded that he take a pair of each of the unclean animals and seven each of the animals that were considered clean. Everything was considered endangered and on the brink of extinction. Regardless, Noah knew exactly what he would do to reveal his love for God and his trust in him as the creator. As soon as Noah stepped onto the dry ground and he purposed to bless the heart of God, his friend, with a sacrifice, he built an altar to the Lord and took from every clean animal and every clean bird and made burnt offerings to the Lord. If there was ever a time on the earth when one could assume they, they were excused from making a sacrifice to God, this was the moment. Only seven animals of its kind were left on the planet. But Noah chose to take from his limited supply and offer sacrifices to the Lord. He understood his limited supply. But more importantly, he understood the limitless power and authority of the living God that he served. Noah desired to draw near to the heart of God. So he offered sacrifices that would reveal absolute trust and absolute surrender as they would convey to the Creator that he would be relying on him to renew the earth and replenish it with abundant favor. Genesis 8:21 says, And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. The smoke from the sacrifice went up and filled the atmosphere. God drew near to breathe it in, and the aroma soothed his broken heart. What a beautiful friendship. What an amazing intimacy. Noah understood the language of the Spirit of God to reveal love by sacrificing the very thing that might otherwise become false sources of security. Noah opened his heart and his hands to God. Through sacrifice, he declared, Unless you surround me with your provision, protection, and direction, I am nothing. The Hebrew word for smelled in this section of Scripture is the word ruach. The Ruach is the wind of the Spirit. It also relates to the blast or the breath of God. And in this whirlwind of God's Spirit, not only does He send forth a blast of His breath, but He also inhales to perceive the hearts of His creation through smell. 
Ruach means to smell, to perceive, to anticipate and enjoy. Noah entered into fellowship with God by placing himself into a position of dependency. The Spirit of God hovered over Noah like a stirring wind to inhale and perceive the heart of his sacrifice, and he found it a soothing and pleasing aroma. I love that, that how Audrey describes that. And as I continue to look at God's Word, I see that God's sense of smell is revealed again and again in His instructions to the children of Israel as He speaks to them many times about the offerings that they too will give Him. Because we all know that God's children continue in sin, even after the flood. We must know that God's heart continued to be broken over the depravity of man. We know that it did. And 41 times in the Old Testament, God instructs his children to offer him a sacrifice that will bring a soothing aroma to him. For instance, he says in Numbers 28 two, command the sons of Israel and say to them, you shall be careful to present my offerings by fire of a soothing aroma to me at their appointed time. The word soothing is translated from the Hebrew word nikawak, and it means soothing, quieting, or tranquilizing. When God's children came to him with a sacrifice, the smell of the sacrifice soothed his heart because the sacrifice represented a heart that was making effort to come back to God and depend on him, to come to God and be in relationship with him. All of this is important to understand as we seek to understand our purpose, which is revealed in our verse this week. Remember it says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in his triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. See, as we live our lives honoring Christ, pointing to his sacrifice and exalting Christ, we are pointing to the greatest sacrifice of all. See, when Christ died, although this broke God's heart beyond what we could imagine, it was the perfect sacrifice. And the aroma of his sacrifice was the most soothing of any ever offered. Why? Because the problem with sin finally had been dealt its final blow. This sacrifice of Jesus redeemed sinners to God for good. This smell This smelled wonderful to God. It soothed and quieted the heart of God like nothing else throughout the ages because finally, finally, mankind could truly be restored to Him. How this shows us God's heart. We are redeemed to God through the sacrifice of Christ. And as we are in Him, every single movement we take in Christ points to His sacrifice and releases the fragrance fragrant smell of Christ to the Lord. Every time we sing about him, speak about him, remember him in our hearts, tell someone about him, read about him, share his love, reveal his grace, on and on and on. Every time we are releasing a fragrant offering to God. And this smell is very soothing to him. And not only are we releasing this sweet smell to the Lord, we are also releasing it to the world among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, that they might also come to know this great sacrifice that redeems us to our God. So who are you and what are you doing here? You are a sweet aroma of Christ in the earth and this aroma 
is very soothing and sweet to our God. How is that for a life of purpose?